to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from Kansas State University as part of their Kansas Farm Management Association focused on cow-calf enterprises titled Differences Between High, Medium, and Low-Profit Cow-Calf Producers. To discuss this, I'm joined today by Dr. Dustin Pendell and also Kevin Herbel, both with Kansas State University. Thanks for joining me today. Sure. Thank you, Aaron. No, thank you, Aaron. I really appreciate the research that you do there at Kansas State in the area of farm management where you work with producers. You actually go out, collect the data, have very accurate, precise data that then I think can be used to work with other producers to understand what really are the true costs. And that's really what interests me with this data that you have and the article that you wrote. So to lay the framework for what we're going to talk about today, Tell us a little more about the Kansas Farm Management Association for those listeners who may not be familiar with that. How does that program work? What's involved with that? How's the data collected? And why does that have value for producers? Sure, Aaron, I'll uh, pick up on that. Um, I, uh, Kevin Herbel, work as the executive director of the Kansas Farm Management Association program. This program has been in place here at, at K-State working with Kansas farmers since uh, 1931. And so a long, long history of working together in, in what you might say is a public-private partnership of uh, farmers working together with the university to provide value back to the industry. Our, our programs uh, funded largely by membership dues that the farms pay to be a part of the program. We're about 90% uh, membership dues, 10% uh, funds through K-State Research and Extension. Uh, we have... Uh, a team of 25 economists stationed in 11 offices around the state that uh, do the face-to-face work with the KFMA member farms. And our focus with KFMA is, is helping each of those member farms keep detailed records and use those records to, uh, to make improved decisions on the farm. Uh, we're working with them uh, relative to keeping those records throughout the year, uh, using those records for year-end income tax planning, for management decisions in, in other ways, for providing uh, financial statements to, uh, to lenders, uh, to others. But then our main focus is information they have to uh, make decisions on the farm. As a part of that, each of those farms agrees to, in their membership agreement, to have their data go into a data bank that's used at Kansas State University. Uh, this allows for benchmarking comparisons back to them as an individual farm, but also allows then for that data to be in this, in this data bank that can be utilized for uh, other, other ways in which it can benefit uh, all of the agriculture industry, as well as specific uh, aspects of that industry. And in this case, uh, those farms where their records are broken down into uh, detailed cow-calf enterprise uh, records and allows for cow-calf enterprise benchmarks and comparisons. I think that's one of the things that's in my mind is very unique about this data. I'm not aware of any other data in the United States that provides this level of detail where you actually have economists working with the producer, looking at the numbers, putting that into a format that's consistent across those different operations, and then reporting that to allow for benchmarking. I just, again, want to compliment you on that. I think it's unique. I think it's valuable information. Thank you. Well, as you look at the cow-calf enterprises that are involved as part of the Kansas Farm Management Association, you recently did an analysis looking at how those operations differ in terms of their revenue and their cost. 
walk through with us how that process goes in terms of identifying costs to the CalCAP enterprise, how you collect that information, and then help us understand as you look at the different operations, what are some things that separate out those from the, who are most profitable from those who have the greatest opportunity to improve? I'll maybe go ahead and begin there on just how we uh, get that data collected or identified that way. Uh, certainly as the records are, are uh, put together, identifying each uh, cost item, uh, each revenue, revenue item into the appropriate categories. Uh, certainly on a given farm, there will be a given farm ranch operation. There will be certain costs that are overhead type costs, things that need to be divided uh, on that farm. And we do have a system based on number of acres of various crops, number of head of different livestock that does go through and identify division of uh, any of those overhead costs that aren't readily identifiable to a given enterprise to allow dividing those out uh, in that fashion. And then uh, the process of that economist working individually with those producers to make sure those direct costs are appropriately identified to the right enterprise before that analysis is completed and then the benchmarks uh, work through to, uh, to compare. And just to follow up with what Kevin said, this study, uh, which can be found on agmanager.info, this study, in addition to looking at the differences between high, medium, and low profit cow-calf producers, it's also called an analysis of the 2016 to 2020 KFMA cow-calf enterprise. I, I note the 2016 to 2020 because what we're doing is we're looking at producers' records over five years, and, and these producers have to uh, submit their records at least three years of that five-year time period. And I just wanted to note that because, you know, we're, we're looking at over a several-year period. If we only picked one year, we could be skewed due to maybe, uh, you know, weather in Northwest Kansas, you know, they could have had a drought and that could have skewed some, skewed some of the numbers. And so really we're looking at this from a management perspective, as you guys mentioned earlier. And so we wanted to look at over about a five-year span. So what do we find? We had 81 enterprises uh, that had at least three years of the five years of data. We took all 81 of these operations. We ranked them from the highest profit operation to the lowest profit operation. And then we divided them into thirds. So think your, your top third, your most profitable operations, you got your middle third, and you got your uh, low profit third. And from there, then we looked at kind of the revenue side, and then we did the cost side. So just a quick recap of the revenue side, the high third operations had about 178 cows in the herd. You compare that to the low profit operations, they have about 81. The weight of those calves that are sold, you know, it's, there's about a 20 pound difference with your higher profit operations uh, selling Calves on average at a weigh about 623 pounds compared to 604 for your low profit operations. Uh, price, the high profit operations tend to sell at a little higher price at about $149 per hundredweight. You compare that to about $147 per hundredweight for your low profit uh, thirds. And so that's just a little bit of information about some of the revenue side. Uh, yes. I was going to say, Dr. Nope. Pendel, if you don't mind me jumping in here, something else that jumps out a little bit, and this isn't a huge thing, but the number of calves sold per cow as well, as terms of looking at the productivity, is a factor that is different between those two groups. 
So, yeah. And so we said the, the number of calories, which you're selling about 163 calves on average for your high profit operations. And that's compared to 72 calves on the low profit operation. Absolutely. But certainly there as well, Dustin, the idea that uh, we've got about a uh, 91.5% calves per cow on the uh, high profit third and about 89% on, on the low profit. So uh, certainly a, a different deficiency level uh, between them. Yep. Good, good call, Kevin. So I guess coming back to the revenue side, those, I mean, I think as we look at that, uh, we recognize that if you're selling larger groups of calves, there tends to be an advantage. If you're selling those through an auction barn, uh, larger groups tend to be higher value in many parts of the country as compared to smaller groups. And so having more cows and also in this case, the larger operations are having an efficiency advantage in terms of selling more calves per hundred cow, I guess I would say. Uh, those are two things on the productivity side. And then on the marketing size that give the high profit group an advantage. Would you agree with that? That could be. Uh, so there's something else that Kevin and his colleagues started uh, about two years ago, I believe, is they started collecting a lot more, uh, like sending out a survey to the cow-calf enterprises, cow-calf operations, uh, the KFMA members that have cow-calf, and started collecting a lot more detailed information. We're just not quite, we don't have enough information yet to incorporate with this analysis. Um, we're hoping to do that maybe next year or the following year. But what one thing that, that did stand out that most of these operations are selling at a sale barn. And so the reason I note that is your high profit operations not only are selling heavier calves, but they're also selling calves at a little higher price. And so not 100% sure what's going on there, but but part of it could be is they are selling more calves and maybe they they have a little bit of a, a premium for that. One other thing I guess I would like to add is when you're thinking about this revenue, you know, although we don't explicitly note it in the report, but there also would be some cool cow, cool bull uh, revenue as well. And if you take a look at the gross income across your high profit versus your low profit groups, the difference uh, is about $176 per head. And so, again, that's about a 26% difference between your high profit and your low profit groups from a, from a gross income standpoint. Looking at the data then, let's talk about the cost side. And this is where some numbers really start to differentiate even larger than the revenue in terms of the revenue side around $176 difference in gross income. But when we get to the cost side, some pretty drastic differences in terms of cost of production. So, yeah. And so we've talked about the income side. Now, if we switch gears and talk about the uh, cost side. So if you take a look at uh, total cost of per cow basis, we, we break it out into several expense categories. The largest expense is feed expense. And I don't, that's probably no shock to you, which averages about 300 almost $345 per head. If you look at the differences between those profit groups, and again, I'm going to focus on your high profit and low profit group, there's a difference of about 36% between those two groups, where, whereas your high profit groups uh, have the total cost per cow is about 260, a little over $260 compared to your low profit group of about a little over $400 per head. And so that's, again, 
feed expense is your largest expense. Uh, and there is a very large difference uh, between your high profit and your low profit groups. Some other expenses uh, that are that tend to stand out uh, that are that are large would be your pasture expenses. On average, that's about a hundred, little over one hundred seventy-five dollars per head. Uh, labor expense that's about one hundred eighty-seven dollars per head. And then you've also have interest expense. That would also be fairly large at about 160, a little over $160 per head. And again, if you come back and compare the low profit and the high profit groups, uh, there are some definite differences with feed being the biggest, the largest uh, difference. But if you compare the total cost, if you add up all those costs, there's a difference of about 23%. Uh, between your low profit and your high profit group with your high profit having the lower expenses. High profit group total costs on a per head basis is about $966. You compare that to your the low profit group of about almost $1,250 per head. Again, that's about a 23% difference between those two groups. Maybe one thing we do want to point out there as well, when you when you mention interest and such that uh, we are including a, a opportunity interest cost uh, relative to the assets being used in the, the cow-calf uh, portion of the operation. And, and when you reference uh, labor, as we consider that as a part of those costs, we do include a, a charge for the operator labor and management into, uh, into the enterprise. And then uh, in the machinery costs, depreciation is valued at a uh, economic uh, depreciation costs. So that $966 uh, cost on the high profit, uh, the little over $1,100 uh, total cost uh, does include uh, return to operator and, and uh, all of, all of uh, the costs identified for assets invested and everything into, uh, into those operations. That's a good point, Kevin. Well, one thing that jumps out to me is when we look at the feed cost side, I always like to say, what's the total cost of both grazing and harvested feed for the year? Because uh, there's parts of the world, and I live in one of those, where summer grazing cost is actually pretty expensive here in Nebraska. And there are times, that not right now, but there have been times in the not too distant past where at times you could almost buy harvested feed equal to what it costs to graze a cow in the summer. Now, Again, there's some feeding costs and things that go with that, but just looking at the differences between the high cost group and the lower cost group, when you look at the combination of grazed feed and harvested feed, $130 difference there in cost between the two, the high profit having $130 less in total cost between grazed feed and harvested feed. And just to point this out, that's not quite, but not too far off of the difference in revenue between the two groups. So what I'm saying here is the high profit group, they generate around $176 more per cow, but they also on the high profit group has a cost of around $130 less in total grazed feed and harvested feed. Those are kind of big deals. Yeah. And you bring actually up another good point, Aaron. If you look through the table, look at the data, as I pointed out, the feed expenses there's a big difference. The non-pasture feed expense, there's a big difference between your high profit and low profit groups. And uh, if you with, with your high profit groups having a much lower per head expense. Now, if you can look at the pasture expense, 
actually your high profit operations tend to spend a little bit more money on a per head basis compared to your low profit operations to the tune of about almost 10% more. So you're looking at $182 per head for your high profit operations versus $167 per head uh, for your low profit operations. And so what we think maybe going on is that your producers might be making a trade-off between running cows a little longer, uh, maybe on the pasture, while able to reduce maybe some of that feed expense, that non-pasture feed expense. And I think we would say in general, again, I said earlier, it's not always the case, but in general, grazed feed is going to be less expensive than harvested feed. And so I think your, your data would point towards that, that uh, inference that that's the case. Yep. Nope. Absolutely. One of the things that I think is an issue across agriculture right now is labor. And I think the numbers you put to you on your labor in terms of cost per cow unit are pretty telling as well. Uh, just thinking about as you came up with those numbers, share with us, how was that calculated? How did you identify a dollar value for labor when you looked at this data set? Sure. And uh, within that, the uh, the hired labor, of course, there we do uh, work through those farms looking at, um, are those hired individuals working across the whole farm? And therefore it's identified, it needs to be identified as to where does that labor go? Or is it specific to a given enterprise? And there's going to be some hired labor that comes into some of these farms that's that's very distinctly uh, for working cattle, for help at, at calving time, for things that's very clearly identified. The uh, just general labor, if there's a hired labor individual full-time on the farm, uh, the we work with the producer to identify how much time, what percent time of that individual employee is being uh, spent relative to crops, relative to various livestock enterprises, and specifically to cow-calf. And then when it comes to the operator labor, uh, that again is is something that's going to be largely a, a overhead cost in many many ways of the farm and and how to identify that distinctly to each each individual enterprise. We do have some labor factors that we assign to each of the farms, and then percentage wise can identify how much of that labor would be going to the cow calf enterprise in this case versus other areas of the farm. Uh, the overall cost of that operator labor is assigned a value that's equal to uh, a three-year average family living cost for all KFMA farms across the state. So we're using the same, same value to assign those. Uh, it's computed based on looking at uh, family living expense and income taxes paid by each of the farms, uh, averaged over a three-year period of time. And then we bring that back per full-time operator to, uh, to assign to those farms. The hired labor for the employees is just whatever they um, specifically pay to those, those employees. Well, I appreciate you explaining that and, and working through that. Cause I think that is a question that I run into in working with cow cap producers is how do I value my own labor? What does that look like? And I, I really appreciate you walking through and explaining that because I think that is one that sometimes gets a little bit hidden, so to speak, or maybe isn't taken into account and uh, being able to identify what is the value of your labor in your operation? How are you being compensated? I think it's important when you look at this kind of analysis. Certainly. And for those uh, individual producers who don't have this analysis, and even for some of our KFMA farms, uh, where they fill that uh, three-year average across the states, either too high, too low for what they're really drawing out of the farm, just for each producer to think about what, what really 
am I drawing out of this operation that I need to cover from that uh, that standpoint and and uh, and making sure that what they're doing is allowing those dollars to to really be available. So let's talk now about as you work with these different operations and they see this data, what's the response you get? And then as they begin to see where they're at, have you seen people take the information and then begin to think about management changes that can help move the operation to where they want it to go? Certainly those uh, responses from individual producers are can be all over the board. There can be, um, I get my numbers and see I'm in the high profit third. I may just be pretty content. I'm looking at uh, seeing I may be doing pretty well or or I'm in the, the low third and I want to just turn away and say, I'm going to ignore that. So we've got some that don't focus on it too much, but uh, then a good number that do look at that and say, well, what can I do to improve even of those in the high profit third? Uh, what is it that I can look at and consider? And, and certainly here, the idea that uh, what tends to differentiate uh, is very easily regarding the uh, the feed cost. And, and that's even some of the uh, efforts we've been doing to get more information regarding that and uh, help those operations work through identifying, is it uh, something relative to just even feed waste uh, that's causing my feed to be feed costs to be high? Or is there a, a need to make some adjustments relative to making sure the specific feed needs of my of my cows at, at different stages of production that I'm I'm uh, identifying and providing what's available that I'm utilizing uh, what what I might have available relative to crop residues that can help extend uh, any of the harvested feeds I have by allowing uh, my my cows allowing my my livestock to harvest for themselves to graze. Uh, for more months out of the year and, and just working through identifying those. And, and certainly our producers that are focused on learning more that way, they will get together with their, their local extension agent, get together with a beef cattle specialist, uh, work with their veterinarian to identify ways that they can make improvements in the specific production side of what these records might identify for them as areas where they should be uh, looking to make some improvements. One of the things in the analysis that you do is put together some scatter plots. And if you're not familiar with what a scatter plot is, basically it's plotting the data based on a set of parameters for each of these operations and then trying to see if there's some correlation based off of operation size, based off of feed costs, based off of other costs that are really consistent across the operations. And one of the things that jumps out to me is is looking at this is there is some advantage in economies of scale, meaning if you're larger, there tends to be some advantage, but not always. And I think that's important as we think about looking at the data, just because you have a large number of cows, that doesn't mean you're automatically going to be more profitable, does it? That's correct, Aaron. Uh, What we do find is there is a correlation between size and let's say fee costs or size and total profit. Um, that generally the larger you are, you're able to spread those costs out across more units, across more cows, thus uh, maybe on average having a a lower cost per cow. However, just if you take a look at those scatter plots, you know, we do have some herd sizes that are smaller, that are just as profitable as uh, some of the most profitable operations that have uh, a large number of cows. So on average or is there a correlation? Yes, between the size and profitability. However, that doesn't guarantee just because you're large, you're going to be a, a high profit operation. And I just want to encourage too, if you're listening to this and you're saying, well, I, 
I don't have 300 cows. There's some producers in your data set that have between 50 and 150 cows that are also part of your most profitable group. So I guess what I'm saying is just even there, you can still look at and see opportunities to be a competitive producer, even with a cow herd that's in that 50 to 150 in terms of size. Yeah. And and then looking at our data, we have this year, this report, there's only a couple operations that are over 300 cows. And so uh, there are a good chunk of them are in that 50 to like you're saying 150 range. And I think that comes back in many ways to uh, knowing and understanding the resources, really looking at what is a, what is a part of my operation and, and not seeking to manage based on what others are doing you know, certainly looking to learn from others where that's uh, applicable to do so, but looking at my resources and seeking to manage what I have in my operation to the best of, of what I can do with this to, to help myself be as profitable as I can be. So I guess in, in thinking about that, sometimes we talk about competitive advantage or what's your resource base. Is that, is that what you're thinking about as you say that? Yes, I think it is, because uh, regardless of uh, the size of the operation or even the location, there's going to be certain uh, regions of Kansas, uh, same would be in Nebraska as well, certain regions where different types of feed are going to be uh, able to be arrived at in a more efficient manner, certain areas where cost of uh, native grass to graze is going to be more or less efficient than some other place, uh, even just uh, availability of say a place to sell the animals I've, I've raised or uh, ways of getting them to market. Uh, some of those things are going to either give me a competitive advantage or disadvantage. Uh, if I'm in an area where something's a relative competitive disadvantage, well, it doesn't mean that I shouldn't be in that uh, enterprise or involved in, in uh, that area of production, but it does mean I need to manage differently than someone else who doesn't have that disadvantage. Look for, look for ways to focus on uh, either reducing the cost of those disadvantages or uh, building upon uh, those areas that are a competitive advantage to, uh, to me and, and the resources I have available to me. As you look at this data and as you look at the farmers that you work with in Kansas, anything else that jumps out that you think would be valuable for producers to know and understand as they think about their own cow-calf enterprise and where there may be opportunities to make improvements that can drive them towards greater profitability? Just a couple quick comments. Uh, number one is, you know, we're fortunate enough, as we point out, to actually have this data, to have this detailed data. Obviously, it's hard to make decisions based on, on this if you don't have the data. So obviously, keeping records would be my first thing. If you're not doing it, you need to keep records. That way you can make, make these kind of decisions. The other thing, though, would be we've talked a lot about the feed costs and the pasture costs, but also it was mentioned briefly, but those... Uh, non-feed cost, right? You got the labor that Kevin talked about, the interest expenses, the machinery. Uh, management of those non, non-feed costs are also very important as well. So just keep that in the back of your mind, I guess. Kevin, anything else you would add to that? Well, I think that um, some of those other areas that, that Dustin mentions are, are very important. Uh, keeping, keeping records is uh, just to go back to even his comment on that, uh, there isn't, uh, I haven't met a individual that's uh, involved as a farmer or uh, involved in cow-calf production that uh, does so for the purposes of uh, desiring to keep, keep records uh, relative to uh, these areas of production. And, and so uh, seeking to put things in place in your operation that allows 
the keeping of those records, I think, is uh, is very important. Uh, being able to measure uh, production on the operation, measure the costs, uh, understand the revenue side of things and, and what's taking place there. Uh, without those records, without those ability to measure those things, uh, their ability to manage uh, is, is greatly reduced. And having those records greatly improves their ability to, to manage. You know, the whole idea of the machinery, equipment, the uh, facilities uh, side of things, it's, uh, it's very easy for, for us to uh, like what we look at when we see our, our facilities, our machinery, our equipment that we're using. And just to uh, keep that in mind, to not let what we'd like to see or like to have or what we see someone else has uh, drive making decisions that we can't afford or can't use efficiently on our farm to uh, to make sure we're thinking those things through relative to what do we really need to make our labor be more efficient. Uh, efficient labor management is very important to uh, profitable operations. Uh, what do I need to do within my other resources available? Uh, the machinery, equipment, facilities that I have, how can I utilize that to best uh, improve the use of labor on, on my operation. Anything else on this topic that you think would be of value as we point towards wrapping up our discussion today? I don't have any other, any additional comments. Yeah, I think, I think we've covered, covered it pretty well, Aaron. So. Well, thanks again for your time today. Again, I really appreciate the data, the time you spend putting it together, putting the analysis together, Obviously, of tremendous benefit and value from my perspective to the farmers in Kansas, but I would say to the United States as well, just because of the, the benchmark data, it provides the opportunity to see how are someone else doing in terms of their cow-calf enterprise and give some people an opportunity to compare themselves. So again, thank you for the data. Appreciate the information. As we wrap that up, Aaron, maybe one thing I would say just uh, along with that, just the uh, efforts of uh, these producers that we work with, because I mentioned earlier uh, the uh, work needed to get those records put together, and and uh, there's a group of producers here that uh, that are doing that work, and uh, it not only is there then to benefit them, but also uh, the industry uh, at a much larger level. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the AgManager.info website. Again, the title of the article that we discussed today, Differences Between High, Medium, and Low-Profit Cow-Calf Producers.